0: So first, I just want to thank you all for being on the show and really say that I'm sorry that you're having to go through all this BS. I also wanted to thank Dikema from Black, Queer, and Intersectional Columbus for helping putting us in contact. And so if you don't mind, for those who don't know who the Black Pride Four are, can you do a brief intro of yourselves um, and give as much background into your cases that you're comfortable sharing?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Um, My name is Kimball Denton, uh, one of Black Pride Four, uh, stood on the line uh, with everyone, and uh, I'm a musician, uh, I'm a part of a collective that of musicians in Columbus, all uh, people of color, and uh, just trying to just focus on that and build some sort of music scene and stuff for us here in Columbus.
2: Um, okay, I'm Ridley Bennett. I am an organizer and an artist in Columbus, Ohio. I am um, also a black trans woman. I, um,
0: was one of the folks who helped plan and lead this action. And Ashley, do you want to intro yourself?
3: My name is Ashley Braxton. Um, I'm, I'm one of the people who was
0: recently, uh, convicted on a few charges, yeah, uh, born and raised in Columbus, so, yeah. So, thank you for being on the show, um, and for that intro. Um, I wanted to ask, how did you all feel after hearing the, um, the verdict come in? No, it
1: was awful. It was, uh, it's pretty terrible. Gotta say.
0: Did you feel, like, leading up to it that, um, it was gonna go that direction?
2: To be honest, I wasn't sure. Um, uh, the lawyers kept telling us, "Well, the longer it takes for them to deliberate, uh, the better it looks for us." And I just kept saying, "I would much rather
3: know." And honestly, I don't, I don't agree. I don't know what this is looking like right now. I don't know. I mean, I figured there was a pretty good chance that we would get convicted on at least some of the charges. I mean, obviously, we were hoping that we wouldn't get convicted on any. But,
1: um, but, uh, yeah, you know, uh, the place that we live is a Lot more conservative than they advertise themselves to be. Yeah, to to uh, Ashley's point, yeah, Columbus is isn't as uh, diverse as they like to portray themselves to be. Um, I don't know if there's if you have access to the picture. I always I always like to come back to that one, the one where uh, Ripley is being taken away, and there's a couple of white people in the background cheering, Mm. and that was at Pride Festival, a festival that is uh, started as a protest, but is now basically, in Columbus, been turned into a quote-unquote celebration of LGBT people, or LGBT folk, and that's just, I just feels like that, that picture really sums up a lot of that.
0: Yeah. Um, Ripley, I saw the AJ Plus video with you. Yeah. Um, and they showed that picture. And that made me so mad. Um, because yeah, you know, I mean, I don't think it's just Columbus. I think Pride, you know, everywhere is kind of turned into just like a party place. Um,
2: it's and- a celebration for white LGBT folks. Yeah. And it's not, even, it's not even safe for white trans women, to be honest. It's not a safe space for black folk, black trans folk, or white trans
0: women, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of, like, touch on that point more, um, about how as you were being, like, violently assaulted by the police, you know, like, how that felt. To see people who, you know, in theory, you're supposed to have solidarity with... Not offering to like come to your aid and instead like laughing, laughing, cackling. I think you said that someone spit on you. Yeah,
2: yeah, a white that, woman, a lesbian,
0: white woman, her and her girlfriend
2: were laughing. Well, I don't know if they were girlfriends, they were just, you know, yeah, very, very, you know, lesbian adjacent, <laughs> um, <laughs> lesbian adjacent, and um. Yeah, uh, they were both cackling, one spit on me, and the police officers did nothing, they just carted me away, and I was just like,
1: "Ooh, oh, oh, ooh. take the handcuffs off, let me slap up. Yeah. yeah. That, like, honestly, we, I really didn't expect to, like, get any support when we did that, like, we're, we're in, we, we. Ripley put it best, like, we are interrupting white folks' party, Mm. and they did not, like, we did not expect them to take kindly to that, and they did not take kindly to that, but that wasn't the point of what we were doing, Uh, and I don't know, it's just, like, it was all, like, expected, almost, like, why, how, How? In, in what universe would this be different, you know? The, based off of, like, history and everything up to this point.
0: Yeah. I've had situations where, like, the cops were going to, like, come at me or someone else is trying to, like, peace police me or something at action. And you think that, you know, you would find support in, like, people around you and then you don't. And it's, like, it's a very, like, discouraging, to the point where I don't go to, like, actions really anymore because, you know, It's not safe, not just because of the cops, but because, like, the people who are also there, you know? Um, And so I'm sorry you had to go through that, because, yeah, it's a very disempowering, feeling experience.
3: Yeah, as far as the uh, people in the crowd, yeah. I mean, it wasn't really super surprising that, like, none of them really cared about what was happening, but, I don't know. I just feel like things probably would have turned out differently if, like... More people who like basically showed like basically said that they were supportive of what we were doing, but they would rather march in the parade. If they had joined us, then I feel like we probably wouldn't gotten or wouldn't have gotten arrested. So it's like yeah, it sucks that the people in the crowd were like booing us and were cheering the cops. But it also kind of sucks that like the people that we organized with and like you know the people that we try to be in solidarity would chose the parade
1: over like you know you know, the mm. I, I just. Like, a strong point that's, like, been made, and Ripley said this a few times, is that, like, yeah, you can have, like, even when we were on the line, like, the people in the parade, like, asked, like, hey, join us, or whatever, and, but the thing about that is, it's, like, what we did, people are still talking about it, like, it's still, it made, it, it, it's made, like, some level of an impact But being in the parade would have been easy to dismiss, much like, like, I feel like a lot of protests get that treatment is like, if they're not trying to figure out the right term, if they're not direct, if like the action isn't direct, then like it just gets swept away and like, that's not something that can afford to be done with a lot of issues especially the ones that are worth protesting for like they can't be afforded to be swept under the rug like that
3: yeah that's definitely true like it's also like we made an impact but like people know like nationwide about the j20 protesters and stuff and that's because like there were a ton 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 of them and they didn't get convicted and the people who took down the confederate statue i don't remember what it was in but there were like not as many as the j20 protesters of course there were still a lot of and they got their charges dropped yeah and I mean with us it was just like a few people there and like a few black people are very easy to just like catch and criminalize and like throw in jail and treat like Mm. but when you have like a huge crowd of people then you know it gets a little bit more difficult and like especially when you have more white people in the mix then it's like okay they don't want to get caught on camera like you know Mm. white people so yeah because
1: if they get caught on camera by black people, they can just say that we're criminals and, you know, then we get convicted. Yeah. And even that wave is changing
0: because they criminalize criminalizing little kids over there in Florida. Yeah, and I was- think, Ashley, that, like, I, th- I also feel the same way that if there
2: were a lot more people involved in the action, that it would have gone a completely different way. Um... But it was also, like, a very big opportunity for us to start that conversation, and though a lot of those people weren't in the streets with us, and they were marching in the parade, which, you know, is neither here nor there, Um, but, you know, it's just, while that was going on, and folks who were supposed to be supporting us weren't able to because they were in the parade, um, we we still started a conversation, and I know that it, it, like, all of this is, Difficult. It's terrible. I don't. I don't want to be dealing with it. I mean, you know. But the conversation. I feel like. I feel like the conversation was important to start as soon as
0: possible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Ashley, you brought up J twenty. I was gonna ask about that later, but I was seeing people make like the comparisons between this and J twenty. And I know um, there's still about fifty nine people who are still facing charges, but. <clears throat> how were you disappointed i mean was you know yes because it's like a large group of um white people it's not really surprising they're going to get more media coverage but have you been disappointed in the um media coverage of what's happened to y'all in comparison and just like also overall
3: um i mean in comparison i i mean i can't really say about in comparison cuz i mean like you have I don't know, like a local action versus a nationwide action, versus like like, geared against the president. But um, I mean, I definitely wasn't satisfied with a lot of uh, the media coverage. And I mean, like everyone can give their own individual experience, but you know, a lot of it is just like really invasive. A lot of it is really inaccurate. Um, A lot of the reporting is extremely lazy. A lot of the writing is very lazy. Um, it's just been really revealing because, like, I kind of was carrying this assumption that, like, yeah, people are going to want to be fair and accurate, and it's like, oh, no, no, they're actually just going to want to, you know, tell the story that sells or tell the story that's going to get the most views or whatever, so, you know, it's been really illuminating, but, um, I'm definitely glad that the people, that the J20 protesters got off, like, I'm definitely glad for them that they did. I'm not going to sit up here and say that I'm disappointed about it, but, you know,
0: I just wish that people gave as much of a f about black people. Mm. I wanna allow Ripley and Kendall if you all wanna respond to that or if you don't want to, that's fine. Or not I respond mean, to Ashley, but respond to the original question.
1: Well, I mean like it like they said, I man, it really comes down to numbers. Like I mean, we we chose we like there were if I'm not mistaken, at one point there was like a hundred people that were in uh, contact with organizing this action. And for it to go from a hundred people to like maybe what, 10, 15 of us, like, like it, that is, that is somewhat disappointing, but it's, it's really only disappointing in our own sphere. It's really, it, it, I wouldn't really compare it to any other, any of the other protests that happened uh, because they did their own thing their own way. And I don't know, it's, it's not, it's not disappointing in comparison to other protests. It's disappointing more in our own sphere because there were a lot of people that knew about this that that made the conscious choice to not support this action. And then, after the fact, there's all of this support that comes uh, after we've gone through this situation, and then you can't help but think to yourself, well, where were you when we were planning this? So
3: yeah like we've already been like traumatized we already have these things on our records like we're already it's like nice to see this support but it's like it would have been nicer to not have gone through all of this but you like also, said, like it is a like it was it started people talking about it and that's a really good thing because i mean you got in touch with us so like yeah people are like thinking about it people are talking about it so like that is a good thing that's come out of this mm. ripley um yeah
2: and i, I mean um When it comes to media, like, uh, there are certain people in the media uh, who have covered this publicly um, that have uh, tried to get, you know, a completely, like, fair and impartial story for, like, both sides to speak a piece or whatnot, but a lot of the big um, local media, you know, like... uh, uh, what was it? Uh, the dispatch, you know, they misgendered me and they deadnamed me, and a couple of other news publications did so as well. And, you know, they didn't get the story correct, and they, they didn't contact any of us to have any kind of like input or anything. They just went on about a story, and I was very disappointed in the ways that those showed up. And then you know, those folks kind of came to other actions while we were trying to get sure these charges dropped. Uh, and then they started asking us, like, those who were involved, like, to speak on the piece. And it's just like, now you want to have a conversation. after you've already, you know, uh, swayed public opinion by having a conversation that was inaccurate and disrespectful. And um, you didn't have any of the facts. You just ran off about, like, police reports and uh, what other people were saying that they saw instead of actually coming directly to the source the people
1: that you were talking about. Moreover on that, like, when... Uh, these uh, media outlets did Dead Name and Miss Gender Ripley, our group that were organizing around this contacted those outlets and asked them and told them, like, hey, that's wrong. You have to fix it. And there was no dialogue or very limited, very, very limited dialogue about changing that and fixing it. And I don't know that it ever got... Uh, I think it was the dispatch that never fixed it. No, not even an apology. No,
0: nothing. And the dispatch, that's a local paper?
1: Columbus Dispatch, yep. Yeah. The local paper here.
0: So I saw some talk going on about how, um, like, the chair of Stonewall Columbus Border Trustees was subpoenaed and testified and did, like, a favorable testimony um, for the prosecution. Um, yeah. And so I just want to see if anyone wanted to like, talk about like what the relationship has been like with um, Stonewall Columbus and um, in, like, how they've offered support, but how have they actualized like support afterwards? Cause
1: I can't say that I have ever received any support from Stonewall mm-hmm. since this happened. Okay. So they literally helped get us convicted.
3: Yeah. Like that's it, period. That's pretty much all that you need to know about Stonewall. They hope to get us
1: convicted. And then they've offered, like, a lot of really half-hearted and uh, pandering uh, apologies on social media, talking about we're going to have community conversations and this, that, and the third. Yet, we, I can't say that any of us have ever been involved in those conversations. Or, let me be afraid, haven't been invited to those conversations.
2: Which is why their conversation was interrupted by the Quake and the rest of us uh, in the community. Um, honestly, all Stonewall has done is tried to test, and um, the CTD has done everything they can to make sure these bogus ridiculous charges stick. They've, they've fooled around with, like, their footage. I mean, literally. Like, somebody, some civilian trolled me online with, like, a body cam footage that was clearer than the one that they shared with the prosecution, like, that they shared with our lawyers.
0: So, has, um, you know, I don't know, at least, like, my experience with orgs has, you know, I have a very distrustful one. So, has a relationship with Stonewall Columbus, like, you know, especially with, like, black, LGBTQ, you know, is there historical sort of, you know, them being, like, pro-police, um, playing that sort of game, like, have they, you know, or have they pretended to try to be... More progressive or radical than they showed themselves recently to be.
2: Stonewall Columbus often takes credit for work that other trans folks are doing in the community already just adds to their idea of being a part of the community. They have certain folks that go out and they train the CPD to be more sensitive, or they train like people in um, uh, prison guards and COs and or whatnot to be more sensitive to trans folks. But even me going through this entire situation, I didn't see any of the fruits of that labor, because mm-hmm. there was nothing but disrespect and misgendering and sexual harassment from all of these folks, even within the jails that they supposedly go to to train these folks. So I don't see the roots of their labor. And also, when it comes to the black trans community, they completely exclude us. From, I mean, look at Pride. It's over police. It's downtown. It's stacked down with white folks. And white folks have done nothing but exclude black queer GNC LGBTQIA folks from the conversation uh, for the entirety of this movement. I mean, literally, like like this is a movement that was literally built off the backs of Black and uh, Latina trans women, like Sylvia Rivera and Marsha P. Johnson. Uh, the Stonewall riots, which Stonewall gets their name, was actually started by a Black trans woman, and the uh the. Uh, the uh the uh the Pride March was actually led by Black trans and Latina trans women, and uh, the the few white folks that did march before, which was against police brutality um, toward the LGBTQIA community, mm-hmm. um, but the folks, the white folks that did march normally marched in mass so that they didn't even end up at work getting fired and like the names published in newspapers and things like that. So literally, the people who were most marginalized, most like vulnerable in this situation were the ones leading the march and having the conversation. And now we've been excluded from all of that work that we did in order to gain these folks, you know, half of the half of the rights that they have today. I mean, Lord, like as soon as they won gay marriage, they were like, the fight is over, everything mm-hmm. is fine. But black trans women and trans folk and GNC fans and all that around here suffering. Mm-hmm. So we didn't get the full pick in that party. So we don't really see the point of celebrating. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's actually it's historical the ways that the LGBTQIA like organizations in Columbus have worked against Black folks. They continue to receive funding for uh, things programming that they're supposed to be doing for Black queer and trans folks, and they don't have any Black queer trans folk in leadership positions in order to be able to actively, actively, you know. Um, uh, uh, give them uh, any kind of, of adequate service. Like so, literally, all they do is test folks. That's all they do. Their drop-in centers are testing folks. It took them forever, and a lot of work from T-Walk, the Trans Women of Color Collective of Columbus, which I was a part of four or five years ago. It took us. Making us think about there not being resources for black trans women and and trans women who don't have the resources to get their names changed. Making sure that there's a trans clinic, things like that, in order for them to even do half as much. And we were still cut out of that work because they're they're getting all these awards for all this amazing work they're doing. But before we started speaking about it, they didn't have a trans clinic. They didn't have a a name-changing clinic. They didn't have any of those things until we started raising a think about it. Because all they cared about were white trans women who had resources.
0: And so, are they running, are they getting, like, grants, and are they running as, like, a cool. non-profit, so they're getting, like, grants from different places and people? Oh, yeah. Grants.
2: And probably programs. backers,
0: too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Equifax um, uh, just got a CDC grant
2: to open a, a, a trans a little color, um, uh, like, a clinic. But they changed it from a drop-in clinic, it was supposed to be a drop-in clinic, in which they were supposed to um, provide actual resource materials to help these folks to just a testing facility. And I'm like, we have all these testing facilities all over Columbus. All over Columbus. None of them are out east, though. They're all over downtown, you know, where all the gays be. but we have all these testing facilities but what we need is a space that is a resource center for black trans women and you want to put it in a space that they can't get to mm-hmm. A that they won't know is there B and all they do is test B that's it
1: or they're not investing yeah. like yeah. the yeah, necessary so labor in order to, to make actual change and actual impact and actually help trans folk and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because there's more than
2: just testing in order to like prevent HIV and, and all that, How, probably helping with, you know, um, resource, make sure that they have health care and that they get the meds that they need, even that they have food and, and you know, housing and things like that. Probably starting an LGBT um, uh, homeless shelter, a drop-in center, things like that. Sounds like a better ways, like, like more productive ways of preventing HIV in our communities than anything else. Because literally, all of the risk work comes from trying to survive out here
1: yeah I can speak to the 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 homelessness system in Columbus and I'm pretty sure that this extends like beyond the city um, I spent a short period of time like working in a homeless shelter and there were um, trans folk there are a couple of trans folk that I remember coming through there and they the 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 place didn't know what to do. They didn't know what where like where this person best fit as and know. they didn't know how to take care of them. and it was just a lot of, it was a clear lack of knowledge as far as like interacting with trans folk because at what point at one point I remember both the the trans women that were there. Uh, started out in the men's side, the men's overflow program and then they got moved to the women's overflow program and it was it's just it was really disorganized so it's like clearly it's clear that like there's not enough education on these issues. Yeah.
2: And and the only uh, women's shelter and this I know for sure, the only women's shelter here in Columbus, they don't take trans women. Even though their policy thinks that they have to, they don't get
0: canceled. So after this whole experience, do you still feel like the desire to organize or like how how how've y'all been coping with all of this?
2: To be honest, I um I'm really like I've really burnt out. Like, I've been doing this work for a long time, um, and there are a lot of people that I was organizing with who were just like, I don't know how you do it. I've been burnt out. I can't, you know, continue to organize like this. Is that the other? Like, I feel that. I feel that. And, you know, you take the time you need, and I just kept organizing. But at this point, at this juncture in my life, I feel very, very burnt out. And it's not just. You know, with you know, like um, this whole situation, it's like a lot of things that have stemmed from this situation, and how also life has gotten in the way and caused a lot of ruckus. And I feel like I'm at a point where I'm just over overloaded. And but that doesn't mean I'm not going to continue fighting in the ways that I like, that I'm used to fighting. I'm used to fighting with my art and with my with my um, presence and with my music and with speaking and traveling and working with folks around the being the nation um and organizing in those ways but like in the city i feel like i need to step back from a lot of things at this point because it's just a lot of a lot of uncertainty within our own community let alone like these people that we're trying to have hold accountable for the ways that they've been caring for us and receiving money for caring for us mm-hmm. um because it, when you reach those uh, those um those hiccups within your own community it's hard to um it's hard to continue to fight. So right now I need to, I feel like I need to step back and rejuvenate so that I can step forward and do what needs to be doing to move forward. Uh, well, as far as coping, uh, I
3: guess, uh, I don't really know how to answer that. Like, I mean, I'm still alive and everything. I'm still, you know, still have a roof over my head. I still have a job. But, um, yeah, you know, this is, uh, this is, different ways. Um, The job that I had at the time, uh, they fired me, uh, and I found out later on uh, it was because they were one of the uh, corporate sponsors of Pride. Uh, They said that it was because of my performance, but um, no one at my job came to say anything to me. I just got an email um, about a week after we had been arrested saying to not come back in that I wouldn't be allowed to get my things. I'd have to, like, file things to have them mailed to me. So there was that. Um, So with that, I lost my health insurance. um, So I haven't been able to go to therapy or anything like that. Um, I uh, haven't been able to really, like... Basically, it's a loss of mobility, like, it's a loss of the ability to do things. Um, I've been discriminated against in searching for another job, Uh, basically. Even uh, before we were convicted, people would refuse to hire me just because we were fighting the charges, like, never mind, you know, innocent or proven guilty. The fact that we had been charged meant that people were refusing to hire me, and this isn't, like, you know, huge, cushy jobs or anything, this is, like... Temp jobs, temp agencies that will, that are refusing to even let me apply because I have like an open case and stuff like that. So that was one way. And um, like uh, I was a law student, like I graduated from law school uh, back in 2016, and uh, this has affected my ability to even be able to take the bar exam mm-hmm. uh, because you know now I have this sitting on my head. I'm gonna have to probably you know wait until I can get these conv- convictions expunged, possibly to you know, be able to take the bar exam. So uh, the answer is no, I don't have any energy left. Like, I don't have anything left for anyone. I gave everything that I had. And, um, you know, this is what it's amounted to so far. I don't really know what the future is going to look like. But, um, you know, we went out there, we put our bodies on the line. So now it's everybody else's turn. Y'all need to step up because, you know... All the black people who have, like, been in this for a while, who have, like, been saying, hey, stuff is wrong, like, even before Trump got elected. Like, we're tired. We're broke. We're disenfranchised. We've been screwed over by the system. We're tired. Like, it's, I keep saying it, and I really can't say it enough. We're tired. Like, it's a lot to deal with. And not only do we have all this stuff to deal with, but we don't have the resources to really be able to take care of ourselves. Like, yeah, I have a job now because I found a company that basically willing to give second chances to people who have been convicted. But I mean, it's like the work that I do there, like it's not really enough for me to be able to like, make rent and pay all my bills and do all the things that like, humans need to do to be able to like, be, you know, or to be able to cope with things like this in any kind of good way. Um, you know, I've had members of my family who basically, you know, like, Treated me differently after they found out about this, after they found out about, like, my political affiliations, basically, uh, had a falling out with a few, like, close friends, close, uh, family members, um, had a falling out with some friends, um, even some of the people who did end up helping us organize, and, like, it's rough when stuff like that happens, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's all a part of it, but I'm ready for a break because it's, like, it's too much to deal with all at one time. So,
1: no. No energy. I, I'm, I'm definitely not in a place to do it now. Uh, I... That was... For me, that was actually my very first protest. Protest that I attended. Before that, I never... I didn't think protests would do anything because I didn't think, like, all the protests that I had seen didn't seem to have direction. And I'm referring to things like the Women's March. Like, that was a very, like, widespread protest after Trump got elected, but it didn't feel like it had a clear purpose to me. And I don't know, that might be a context that I don't, like, I don't see, and it doesn't, like, I wouldn't understand that, but I digress. Um... I, I'm probably going to keep trying myself because I have, I'm in the position to where I can, I can, I feel like, I feel like I can do something. I feel like I can do something. And for me, I'm a, I'm a black man, cis, heterosexual, like, so I have certain privileges not as much as like white people but like I have I have the ability I, I feel like I have the privilege to do something so I should and I should do something with for lack of a better term more marginalized people in mind I, I owe a great debt I owe a very large debt to someone that went above and beyond took like a level of bravery that I didn't think was possible in real life, to for me, and I feel like I have to do everything within my power to give back. And I, I don't know if I'm actually in a place that I can emotionally and mentally do that, but I'm working on getting there. Um, I have a therapist, and I've seen that therapist. Um, that therapist uh, has offered. All of us uh, free appointments for trauma care. So, Ashley, if you'd like to uh, see my therapist, that resource is available to you. So, I can give you that information later. I'm trying to make myself better and learn more so that I can do something. And I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm really just a person. I don't, I'm not, I'm not like really like i haven't read all the books i haven't read all the theories the thesis the history like all that stuff i really i I don't know i really only know what is kind of like available to everyone but i mean i just i just feel like i need to do something so i'm trying to figure out what that is and do it and like Like both Ripley and Ashley said, like, they're both tired. There's a lot of people out here that are tired, especially a lot of black women and a lot of black trans women. So myself, being a black man with the level of privilege that I do have, if I can do something, I should do it. And I really extend that to any and all black men that listen to this. First of all, like, I mean, this is... It's easy for me to say like I'm a like again I'm a black man but I'm going to say it anyway like uplift black women, uplift black trans women, support both of them, black women and black trans women, listen to them if they give you advice on how to better take care of both of them. Listen. Like pull for pull for the most marginalized in your community. And you can go a lot farther. Like you pull like if we as a whole pull for the most marginalized, it'll help us all. In my opinion, again, just a dude. I don't know, but like, I'm just. This is just what the conclusions I've come to, and I'm really just trying to do my best and do what I think is right.
0: So moving forward, I know there is a um, there is a legal fund, um, but it sounds like you know people lost jobs and stuff, so there may be a need for you know more resources outside of just that, um. So, is there links for that, like for how people can support funding? Otherwise, I uh, think the yeah, links for, for I mean, like, like I said, we still have to worry about a DeAndre case and all yes. that stuff. So, yeah, so, I mean, <coughs> we still
3: have the U page for all the legal funds and everything. So, I mean, like, like yeah, we're going through it, but like we still do have to support the person who, like, has the most serious charges against them and make sure that, like, they don't have to face the time that they are being threatened with. Yeah.
0: So, on that point, um, looking at, you know, since you three were had your trial first, what can people do that you felt like you wish you had or y'all wish you had um, for the next trial, for DeAndre's trial? Like, how can people, like, better support? How, like, you know, what would you like to see? Like, yeah, just, like, what what better can we do? Uh, keep getting the word out about what's happening, but
3: also, like, divest from these overly corporatized, overly policed prides and let people know that, like, this is a thing so that when their case comes up, like, people are educated on this issue and we're not having to go over the same points again and again and again. But, yeah, like, just really just get the word out more so that more people know that this is happening. Because once people found out that it did happen, you know, they were upset. Like, once they actually saw, like, oh, people actually got hurt, then, you know, they decided to try to do something in, like, whatever way that they could. But, yeah, I mean, as much as it sucks to constantly see images of black people, like, in pain and being hurt and being abused by the system and particularly by the police, like let people know what they did to us. Don't let them try to like skate away and say, Oh yeah, we punished these mean, violent
2: protesters when all we did was stand there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also think, uh, just continuing to, not like, like Ashley said, just continuing to show like support and making sure that everybody's aware of what's happening. And, um, there are plenty of ways that um, people in their own communities can um, divest from side and um, show solidarity or whatnot. Um, but also um, uh, we do need to get the uh, the um, go page back up because of the fact that you know our trial is over and you know there might be well we don't know yet and so that's still the seven, um, but there might be a substantial like fee that we have to pay and we only have about uh, what. Uh, 20000 in our account to pay that, and who knows exactly how much this fee plus court costs is going to be, and we still have to go through DeAndre's trial and whatever that amounts to. We still need to be able to take care of them and make sure that they're supported, um, and also, I mean, people here have been, like, doing amazing work, like, making sure that we're fed and that we have resources to, like... Um, take care of ourselves and um, have often, like, offered things like, you know, massages and stuff like that. If people, like, have that will or, like, that space or that, you know, opportunity, um, you know, like, to support in that way, that's amazing. Um, And also, you know, there's a lot of um, uplifting uh, online. I believe that we're doing a letter writing campaign right now for us. And um, I I'm not sure if we do one as well for DeAndre. Gray. I, I would hope so. Um, but, you know, just keep an eye out for the things that we're trying to do here, like in the city, for
0: the activists who are still fighting against these charges. So is there anything else that we didn't discuss that y'all would want to touch on? Um, I think that's yeah, I I a lot. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk with me um, and to share, you know, everything that's happened. Thank you. Thank you for reaching out.